Hi, I'm Colleen Doran. Currently, I'm working with Neil Gaiman on some wonderful projects like Snow Glass Apples. Our other book is Troll Bridge. And I have lots of other fun things coming out with Warren Ellis and Matt Hawkins at Top Cow, a new series called The Clock. And I'm the creator of A Distant Soil for Image Comics. And this is 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Lovely, even. Yep. Preston. Digitation. <laughs> we used to have a local uh, horror host by the name of Uncle Ted, who uh, helmed the Uncle Ted School School. And he was a, quote, magician. <laughs> Not a very good magician, but he was a magician. And uh, he'd come out with his fucking fez on, and, uh, you know, amidst the, the horror-themed backdrop. And he would sell things. Like, if you write into the channel and send a dollar, you will get uh, a pair of skeleton uh, arms to put in your, your suit jacket pocket. Kids don't wear suit jackets, but okay, <laughs> I get it. And one thing he had was this little, it was a worm. It was like it was on a fishing line, and you would trail the fishing line through your fingers, and then with the other hand, you would pull the fishing line, and the worm would look like it was going through, you know, in and out and under your fingers. And I thought it was the most magical thing I've ever seen at that time, and I sent my dollar, and I got it back, and I'm like, that was the first taste of uh, a young Vince B realizing that there's a big separation between TV reality and and real reality. <laughs> I was crushed. I was. And we hope you're not crushed after that long-winded intro because this <laughs> wow. is 11 O'Clock Comics episode 833 and I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. You can both eat my shorts because I'm Bart Simpson Oh boy, I know where this is going. Wow. This is the vindictive Jason Wood. <laughs> You're not Bart Simpson. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Here Dude, to... I'm giggling over here like a fiend. <laughs> I know. I know you are. It it's it's lovely. Uh all together again, uh on this regular old episode. Uh thanks to the patrons. Patreon.com forward slash eleven o'clock comics one one no apostrophe. Join the family. We give you audio and video and images and downloads and the chance to weigh in on the book of the month. And we open the door with the magic lock uh, to the dedicated Slack channel where we speak on it every day, all day long. Some of the things um, border on TMI, but not really because it's family. Right when when it becomes too much information, it, then it's not family, and this is definitely family. So if you would like to uh, join said congregation, go to patreon.com forward slash eleven o'clock comics. We'd love to have you, Paisan. Kumad, Kumad. Big yes. facts over here. Yes, indeed. Yep, got a few uh, little pieces of business to get out the way before we talk the comics. 
you know what? Last episode has taught me to just relax. Like you, like, like you say, my dude, relax. My dude, relax, yeah. Uh, Tana, uh, I, I'm, I'm totally serious when I think she reinvented the EOC interview style because there was no endpoint. It was just we were just driving down Route 66 with our elbows out the window just talking. And I think that's how it should be. Because if you follow a comic book creator, more often than not, you know their likes, their dislikes, in, in terms of comics, right? I want to know the other stuff. Like, yeah. You know, do you put your socks on first? Mm-hmm. And, like, stuff like that. And, the cool uh, thing, though, is that she met us halfway, right? And that she did. Because she knows the show. She had the drink roll call. Not only did she have the drink roll call but she made it into a game like it was even more than a normal drink roll call. She, I think that's she had, awesome because she planned it. Yeah, she had no, plans. No, but I'm saying but like that's that's she she tried to it, you know, she gave the peace offering. She She rose to, up, which was yeah, she she rose up. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I love her, but I also love Tony. Oh, see, yes. you need to make amends because you were you were you were character assassinating our homie last. But class. that's my shtick, right? I oh, always I, I always do that with Tony when he when he doesn't show, then I pretend to give him a hard time. But you you know more than anyone, I love Tony. Remember this? He's got a pattern here. He blew us off at a con to go see Saturday Night Live, if you recall. Yeah, he did, but that's okay. He's he's a baller, and he and is. He is a baller. I would have done the same thing. Right. So. Right. But for those who don't know, uh, Tony was live texting as he was listening to the episode. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, what, I can drink whiskey? And then he said, I don't talk hot dogs. Like he was going blow by blow whenever we said something. Well, I, whenever I said something, uh, counter fleece. And I, I, I did feel a little bad because I got absolutely nothing but love for Tony. And he is the fourth sure. chair, but he's not lovely. <laughs> I'll be honest. He can be, he, he he can be but it's fleeting. Tan- oh. No, Tana. No, but Tony's our bro. I don't expect Tony to be lovely. Okay. Tana was smart and lovely. And Facts. yeah, it's it's kind of hard to beat that. It's a it's yeah. a it's a powerful concoction. Before we get to these announcements, we need to talk about what we drink in. And uh, that See, always starts with you, Vince. Yeah, I gave you, I gave you the the segue, and you just ignored it. Mm, squash it down. He did. Yep. That's okay. I yep. have powerful concoctions of my own to pick it up. Um, I'm drinking from New Trail, and this is a local place. They are situated in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, home of the baseball stuff. I think right, Williamsport. Little League Hall of Fame is in Williamsport. Oh, okay. It's where the okay. Little League World Series is played. Yeah, yeah, that thing. Um, so I'm drinking from uh, New Trail. I have, oh, they have a little, uh, like, the MASH directional sign with the, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. This says Susquehanna River, 25 miles. The PA Grand Canyon, 20.9 miles. This is called Double Broken Heels Hazy IPA. And then I have... A Gearhead Hazy Pale Ale and a Broken Heels Hazy IPA. See, it's all about hiking trail. Their their logo is actually the bottom of a hiking boot. With a, it's pretty neat. Uh, and their beer is t- very tasty. And it's local, like I said. So I'm I'm giving back to the community. New trail, bunch of stuff. It's great. Nice. 
Uh, I am drinking uh, a wine that is very aptly named for the Wood family, Decoy <laughs> by Duckhorn Red. Oh, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, for, uh, you get it, but maybe some of my dad makes his living as an artist creating decorative decoys. So, you know, but a nice. bump. But uh, yeah, I've had decoy uh, before, but uh, I think this was a uh, Beth had a little ladies get together during the holidays. And, you know, these, it's one of those things where people show up with either some some kind, some kind of nosh or a bottle of wine. And uh, I believe this was. A gift from one of said ladies, but uh, I'm not mad at it. It's pretty good. It's Cabernet, if I didn't say that. Sorry. <laughs> it's nice. Sounds good. It is. Yeah, Dequay is good. Uh, this is a shout out to our dude, Arnie. Mm. Um, he sent me this straight bourbon whiskey known as Driftless Glen. Uh, taste the American spirit in quotes underneath. Uh, 48% alcohol by volume. It is small batch number 54, bottled by Angelica. Uh, distilled, aged, and bottled in Baraboo, Wisconsin. Or Baraboo. Um, nice big old square bottle. Uh, it's got a, um, uh, like a, Weathervane type windmill as a logo. But what's neat is that there's on either side of of the bottle, uh either side of the label, there are marks where a thumb and uh middle finger imprint would be. It's like fingerprints, but so that that's where you hold the bottle so you know where to pour it. Um it's pretty good. I've I've uh I opened it when I had my neighbor over and uh tried it for the first time on Christmas and it was um it's it's very tasty. I'm actually I'm having it neat, no cubes, no no water to open it up or anything. It's just uh, it's going down nice and smooth. Nice. Look at that. You love to see it. It's weird how the brain works because when you said Angelica, I thought Angelica pickles. Okay. <laughs> is that weird? That is weird. It's a little weird. Yeah. The, the little girl you love to hate. I don't know Angelica Pickles. Rugrats. Yeah. Oh, I don't know Rugrats. It's Bill classic. Meanie. Gabor Never Supo. saw an episode. Wow. Yep, I know. It's shocking. Uh, okay, announcements. First, a few thank yous. This is a group thank you, although you have you all have not seen or touched our gift, but it was it was sent to me for all of us. And that is our our great our great love from from over the pond, Mr. Tony Esmond, he sent us each. So I have three copies here, hardcover copies of the Viz Annual 2023 Zookeepers Boot. Cobbled what? together from the best bits of yeah. issues 292 to 301. It's hardcover? Of course it, it is. is a it's a British cover. annual. Why wouldn't it be hardcover? Yes, that's correct. Oh, my goodness. I need to, I'm coming up. Well, I can't this weekend. I got to. I got to work. All but. right. Yeah. Let's have a little get together. We didn't get together for Christmas. So it's like we we're gonna. So we should do that. Yeah. Uh, so thank you to Tony. Much love to you. We love you. Um, another thank you to another gentleman who we love very much, Mr. Brian Newbury, who probably isn't going to hear this for a bit because I believe he's on vacation in Iceland right now with his hubby. But um, uh, Brian and Hassan and Brian Clark host a podcast now called Comics Discourse One Fourteen. And on an episode of their podcast, they talked about uh, 
their favorite books of 2022. And it's no secret that I very much uh, am of like mind with Brian Newbery on many comics. I feel like he's definitely established himself as a tastemaker. When he says he likes a book that I haven't read, I definitely perk up. And of all the things that he rattled off as his favorites of 2022, I was familiar with and or had read everything but for one thing. And that was Odin's Eye by Bad Idea. And that's Odin with two N's. It's that it is a five issue miniseries written uh, by Joshua Dysert with art by Thomas Giarello. And it was a five issue miniseries by Bad Idea. And that's really why I hadn't read it, because as we have discussed in the past, Bad Idea, while it seems like they make very good comics, they uh, they play shenanigans with how you get them. And so I just have no real access to them, or at least I haven't made an attempt to access them. I mentioned that on our Slack that I, I was unfamiliar with Odin's Eye, so it, I didn't really know it existed. And uh, lo and behold, I come home from from uh, running errands the other day, and there's a package sitting on uh, our counter, and I open it up, and it's from a comic shop, and it is all five issues of Odin's Eye, which Brian had arranged to for the shop to send me. So much love to you, sir. And, uh, you know, that's just uh, above and beyond. It's very, very sweet. Um, and then we, uh, we've we mentioned the 11 O'Clockers. The time is upon us. We are recording this on the 11th, Wednesday. The 18th, so a week from now, is when we will be recording the 11 O'Clockers. What that means is if you're listening to this episode, you have just a few days to get in and or edit your Ballot, if you haven't already done so, uh, I am planning on locking down the balloting on Sunday so that I can, you know, get all the data and tally it up and put it in the spreadsheet and all that. Uh, so you have basically most of you, you're listening to this on a Thursday, you basically have three more days to finish up your votes. Please, please, please do vote if you um, have been meaning to. Time is upon you. And those of you that are uh, familiar with the show know that we generally for what the last three four years have had a fourth member join us in uh the chair to celebrate our favorite comics and this year we have asked and he has accepted for our longtime friend and patron mr brian clark to join us so brian will be jumping into the fourth chair and uh, i'm sure he has contractually promised that no more than five of his categories will go to usagi so, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then we'll last see about but that. not least of the announcements, um, part of the 11 O'Clockers is just like we did last year. If uh, based on the number of people that vote, uh, and I haven't looked for a tally yet, but based on the number of people that vote, there are thresholds, and um, the more people that vote, the higher the threshold. And the winner, which we will do a random drawing from the voters on the episode will receive a gift certificate to CheapGraphicNovels.com. Uh, this will be the second year doing it. And Vince, you uh, heard from Max, who owns and operates Cheap Graphic Novels and is a longtime patron. And when he heard of the uh, of the, the gift certificate, he very graciously uh, has told us that he will double the amount. So... Instead of winning a $25, $50, or $75 gift certificate, you will win a 50 
um, hundred or one hundred and fifty dollar gift certificates. So big doings. And so listen, vote, and you got a chance to get a free book. Nice. I think that's incredible. It's awesome. I mean, it's really nice of Max. I mean, he's already a patron, so you know he's, yeah. he's doing a solid. So, so we we can't. We're not eligible for the. No, we are not. Oh, eligible, no. okay. No, you don't okay. vote in the Oscars anyway. Uh, I mean, for that, I what, could. what's with oh, this, you... these technicalities? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> nice. No, no. Any any employee of Eleven O'clock Comics LLC <laughs> is not uh, is not. <laughs> <eligible>. <laughs> LLC. <laughs> uh, yes, and uh, listen to the eleven o'clockers because not only Almost is it sounded like Max Caster there. Yes, not only is it our grand Good award point. show for the year. I didn't ignore it for the year. Um, it will also arrive with a very special to do, something something that will oh big doings yeah yeah big doings for the rest of the year. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's 26 categories this year, people. It's a lot. Well, we added one because we split up import into favorite manga and then favorite right. non-manga import. Sweet. I have a lot of mine filled out already. How much of it's manga, half? Huh? Uh, yeah. That's pretty fine. No, pretty I mean, much. I'm no, no shade, no shade. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I took a look uh, in the rear view and tallied all of the books i discussed over the past year and the majority of them um are manga so i I, I got research i gotta go with what i love yeah oh yeah yeah no shame no no shame at all i'm not trying to please anyone other than myself exactly right and again it's not it's not best of it's favorite my best of is exactly right yeah it's not going to be your favorite or best of by a long shot so i'm i'm, I'm cool if that. it was but i mean we've overlapped good. a lot more than you would like to believe but yes I, I get your point yeah okay so now that we have all of the uh the other stuff yeah we've we got a lot of official business we had to take care of we got to talk about some comics yes yeah we should yes <laughs> <laughs> well can can i get the can i get the elephant off my off my back or the monkey off my back yes okay so speaking of the acoscars <laughs> i do a thing every year it's a ritual i look at a bunch of different lists best of comics lists for the last few years i have compiled all of those lists into a meta list for our listeners to help them a vote for the 11 acoscars and b maybe pique their interest in some books that were uh, beloved, but they either didn't see or forgot about, what have you. Uh, Many people find great utility from this list, myself included. I very excitedly and with pure joy in my heart posted a picture of an absolute trove of books that I ordered after perusing the final compiled meta list of books that I just hadn't read and didn't possess yet for the year. Yep. I do this every year because it's always a chance to read amazing comics because the hit rate is obscenely high when I make these these purchase bins. Well, I posted the picture very excitedly, expecting people to go like, Woot, oh, I can't wait to read that. This is great, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> My brother, who I, I don't know if he was having a bad day at the work. Maybe the wife didn't give him the schnick-schnack. I don't know what was going on. 
instead of being like, oh, cool, yeah, there's some good stuff in there. Yeah, because both of those things would concern me. He zeroes in on this picture, which was probably like 15, 16 different books. And he's like, I don't know why you would buy that book. You're fucking going to hate it. It's stupid. Like, why are you wasting your money and your time and your effort? And I'm like, okay, hold up. Wait, you were nasty. I was oh, not. You, you were nasty because you're just like, oh, thank you for being so concerned about my my expenditure of comic dollars. And you're just like John Houseman with because, the fucking because, down the nose. And I'm like. That was tit for tat because you it, were raining on my parade. I was I, bringing pure joy. And you're like, oh, you, I don't know why you waste your money on something that you think you want to know. Like. You want to know why I, 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 I questioned that purchase. Mm-hmm. You You bought it solely. Because it appeared on somebody's list. That's it. You, that's the only reason why you bought that book. Because somewhere along the line, somebody thought it was great and stuck it on a best of list. And you're just like, I don't have that. Click Amazon. Like, you got to buy it because you love it. Right? Don't buy it because someone... Well, you don't know if you're going to love it if you have it right. right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you are far... See, this is another thing. I'm, we're going down a whole big rabbit hole here. The fact, <laughs> The fact that you value the opinions... Of the nameless hordes out there that make these lists is concerning to me because you, you you're so smart, you're so intelligent. The likes and dislikes of other people should have no bearing on your comics consumption. As, I, as dozens of people re- responded to your perspective on that after you made it on the Slack, the irony of you saying that as we record a podcast that is listened right. by thousands of people. Mainly because we give our opinions on comics is hilarious. Right? I give my opinions to you, meaning no, both, okay. both of you. No, oh, right, the right, fact yeah. that it's We're recorded that each other, but yeah, but people take right. those opinions and oh, they, 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 I, they I get it. it. So I, 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 it's weird. It's it. It is it is a slightly weird flex because how many I, I know that we'll, we'll we'll look at the Rolling Stones list and we'll just laugh at whatever the hell they're they're they're, they're, they're top one hundred. Singers of no, it's see this. Some, I, I, the, what he did, like you know, uh, okay, everybody knows I love music, right? Yes. For me to 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 step in the Jason Wood shoes and look at all of the top lists for music and be like, mm, wow, look at this list. There's a lot of stuff that I haven't heard on this. Who's this MC kid? hockey puck i don't know who this kid is i'm gonna buy his album and listen to it like that's insane it's just nuts like there's you don't have enough time in in the day well to, it's, well this is where well, i guess where we that, differ because first of all i mean this is not like a new thing i've been doing this for years and every year it works out so like i had no doubt that it would work out second of all like generally speaking because i buy and read so many comics there are always going to be stuff that i buy and read that don't connect with me on a level and yeah. it's like that's just part of it that's fine Third, like it's not like I just oh if it's on a list. I mean to put some numbers behind this, the list in question ended up having three hundred and sixty comics on it. That's so, a lot, right? So obviously, is that a best but, of list when it has three hundred and sixty comics no, no, on it? Though? This is a meta list. It's a compilation. Oh, that's 20, compilation. Twenty two different lists. Gotcha. So my point is, is that is that it's not like I'm oh let me buy it. it's it's this list based on especially and not every list is created equal. The TCJ list is. It's huge weight for me, right? Like, like True, as well, the, the polygon list means almost nothing to me. Like it's so it's not like I'm like oh if it's on a list I need to have it. It's, no, no. It's well, that if if books get lots of mentions from lots of different sources, right. I'm like oh that's interesting. Like this book is getting widely re- regaled. So let me see what it's about. 
Then I go and I read about it. Oh, that looks cool. Yeah, don't know why I didn't pre-order it. All right, I'm going to get it. Right. So, like, that's the issue. It's a, it's a process that helps me, uh, you know, in that way. And and while, like, your music example doesn't work for you, you know, my, my son Jackson is super into music. And he he does the same thing for music that you said you wouldn't do. Like, he, he looks at the lists. He actually puts them in a spreadsheet like I do. And then he goes and he systematically listens Ugh. to a bunch of the stuff that he hadn't, he wasn't familiar with, and a lot of it he doesn't end up liking, but some of it is absolute bangers. And he's like, "Oh, I'm glad I, I I'm glad I checked this out." So, like, my point being, like, I don't care that it doesn't work for you. Like, that's fine. And like, I don't like, I don't. It's not like I'm, I'm like, it's not like a religion where I'm like, "Oh, this is the way that someone should discover new comics." But like, it just seems weird to me that you care that it, like, that it bothers you that I find value in it. Like, that's it doesn't weird. bother me. It doesn't bother me at all. You said it, it was it, a concern. It's, 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 it's yeah, it's a concern because I. You know, <laughs> but the thing is, like, I talked about it months before. And you're right, just, but that's the, no okay, and 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 you're right, Vince. But you not that I care that you don't listen to me because you never do anyway. But whatever. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> you know, hey, hot kettle. But you. I have, just talked about Blubber last week and said that you loved it, and I then I was excited to read it. Right. You've been it's reading an odd relationship. Books. It's very odd. You, you, you've been it's reading exhausting books right? for years, Vince. <laughs> for decades, right? And so, for a Simpsons book to be on one of the lists, or or or. or many lists that Jason compiled that it, it there there is a greater chance that he'll he'll enjoy it just based on on the track record and how many other people it's yes because he's never really cared to read any of the Simpsons books for decades prior to this mm. there's 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 a better chance of him actually enjoying this particular volume that's precisely right Dap, and I'm glad you said that because the irony of all of Vince's <laughs> now your shade, buddies this is the, great the irony of that's all of Vince's shade is that the 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 reason that I added it to that pile was because when I saw it in this form, I thought, "Oh my God, Vince has raved about Treehouse of Horrors yep. for years. I'll give it a try." Nice. And my point is, is that it was the list sparking me because of the form factor, mm-hmm. but I probably wouldn't have paid it any mind had I not had our crazy fucking damagingly mental relationship uh, that, where I'm like, oh, he loves this. Let me see what this is all about. But where where you showed your ass hey, is I you did. said I in did. the Slack thread that I was going to hate it and that you were sure that I wasted my money. And I'm here to tell you and beloved listeners that Vince was fucking dead wrong. Oh, good, I'm glad to hear that. this was an absolute delight from first page to last. Now, this is by Abrams Comics. It is, and I don't know if you own this particular volume because I know you have all the issues. So you probably no, didn't. I bought the volume because of the die cut cover and the slip. You case. did buy the volume. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. The die cut cover is a fucking absolute piece of masterful. I mean, how that is that is that alone is worth owning this thing. Exactly. The slip the slip case. It is a slip case, like Vince said, with the die cut cover. And it is The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, Ominous Omnibus, Volume 1, Scary Tales and Scary Tentacles. I have indeed heard Vince quite a few times over the years when the when the issues hit talk about this. It's been a while, though. You haven't talked about it in a while. Well, um, Bongo but, hasn't been publishing for a good while. Oh, so. that would make sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
but I assumed, like any anthology, that this would be a mixed bag for me. And it was that. Like, there were some stories that didn't totally connect with me because of the artist involved or what have you. But overall, this was a delight. And, I mean, you probably – I don't know if you've read through it yet, but, like, there were things in here that were made it an absolute lock that I was going to enjoy. First of all, the second vol- the second story in the book is fucking Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is, yes. to this day, the 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 – the Donald Sutherland version of that movie is one of my favorite horror things of all time in any form. So that was an absolute, totally pulled me in. You've got a Moby Dick fucking story in this book. Yes, yes. Yes, you do, yes. You've got Patton Oswalt doing an absolutely hilarious story where uh, dude is like, he's got a replication ray and they're fucking replicating Homer, but like, they're talk- he the uh, comic guy replicates an old comic, and he's talking about how he's going to fucking corner the comics market. And re- like, so there's all kinds of in- like in jokes about the industry. Dan Brereton, Dan Brereton. Yep. The, the there's a they live parody, which yep. is incredible because dude puts on glasses and he sees the comic page <laughs> with the fucking notes and the fucking. It- I thought this book was brilliant because of not just because of the funniness of the satire, but I was perhaps unaware or hadn't remembered from when you talked about it years ago, like how many different creators participated in these books. I mean, Lots. and to Abrams credit, um, and I don't know like how they curated it, but this book is not like in chronological order or anything. It jumps all around. It's more thematic. And I, I read the whole thing cover to cover. I thought it was wonderful. And like, oh. yeah, there were like any anthology, there were certain stories that I was like, ah, whatever, you know, but, but overall this, I mean, there's a fucking Sergio Aragonis, uh, story like what? Like, Aragonis drawing Simpsons like that's great. So uh so yeah, this is terrific. I'm thrilled I bought it and you were wrong. I never have I been more uh glad to be wrong. There we go. There we go. And I was just giving you a little shit and as usual a lot of shit. No, I wasn't. No. No, for those of you uh who are playing at home, the the slack again is is uh where we usually bat things uh, back yes. and forth i typed one sentence all of a sudden i get worn fucking peace <laughs> and, and and it's and it's it's almost instantaneous it's like the text just flows from his fingers how dare you in aggregate our podcast is nothing more than and it's like oh my god what have i done that and th- my last comment look at it i said it's exhausting it really is exhausting. well Dear listeners, let's just let's let's roll it back. Let's 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 go to the tape, shall we? It's more than one commentary. The first comment, which again, talk about Vince accused me of getting nasty. His first comment is, "You're obsessed with these lists." True. Completely, completely neutering the efforts that I do for no, our no, no. patrons. That's yeah. not <laughs> true. This is how it's perceived. But go ahead. Okay, okay. Then a few sentences later, a few posts later, he says. Chances are far higher of me getting busy with Kate Upton than you clicking <laughs> with that Simpsons collection. It's true. <laughs> but you were wrong. So I was. You're going to well, bang Kate Upton, apparently. Oh, week, my goodness. I better start getting ready. Then you said it's baffling. And then I said, why is it baffling? And then you said, throwing money at stuff just because it made someone's best of list. You spent $50 on something you knew in that you probably will give away. Why not save yourself the time, money, and effort? True. Not I, true. I just care. Wrong. I just care about you. That's all. Completely wrong. Well, in this case, like I said, I'm glad that I was wrong. That's all I got to say. Good, good man. It takes a big man to realize when he's wrong. I did. I, I did picture. <laughs> I did picture Jason after reading your comment, Vince, sitting down, 
like a pianist going to the keyboard, yep. flipping his coattails back to sit on the stool and just start typing away like, like, like a magician. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I love By him. By the way, it's... nothing pleased me more, like truly, than at the end when you said it was exhausting. Like I'm like, oh. I know. <laughs> yes. I exasperated him. Perfect. <sighs> it's okay. But no, in all seriousness, it's a wonderful book. And I know it's a book you've loved for a long time, and I didn't even realize Bongo had stopped making it. But but uh, this is a terrific collection, and it says Volume One, so I don't know if they plan on doing more, or how much more there is. I don't. You would speak to that. I don't know. Yeah. How. Well, the only thing, the only negative comments I have about the collection is that it's not in chronological order. They. they so that's a. You don't like that. That's a no, no. Okay. That's jank. They they cherry picked and they grouped them by theme. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Which is ridiculous, considering there's twenty some odd Treehouse of Horror issues, um, they're eventually going to run out of themes and then just have to resort to single stories anyway, mm-hmm. right? So uh, why not just present the issues in chronological order with the covers? They don't have the covers. That's true. They don't, it, yeah. It's maddening um, because some of the, the Treehouse of Horror issues, uh, the, the majority of them up to a certain point are your standard and by standard as applies to Bongo, issues where you'll have um, maybe one or two uh, non-Bongo contributions, like from Sergio or something. Mm-hmm. But as the Treehouse of Horror went on, they became more and more like indie anthologies, um, yeah. where, where they would have a bunch of just people from outside the from the indie world come in and take a stab at The Simpsons, which is great. But now you're not going to get that joy of seeing the the series transform from a standard bongo. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's just odd, but it's neither here nor there because the fact that we get these now in an archival, beautiful format with a nice slipcase, and you know, it speaks to the rubes as you've proven that it's it's nice. <laughs> I love it. Wait, let me. <laughs> oh God, this is glorious. Um... <laughs> Uh, Mike Allred does a yes. story. Yes. Sergio, um, you've got like you said, Brereton. You've got uh, uh, Jeff freaking Smith, Gail yep. Simone, um, John Severin, Mark Schultz, Alice Cooper. Al- yeah, Alice Cooper writes a story, and he's in the story. It's actually he's in the story. Doug Tenaple. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a ton. Like, um, I have to say, probably the only ones that like really didn't work for me were the Jill Thompson things because I just don't really like her artwork. But, but uh, you know, that's 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 a small price to pay for what's dozens of different wow. stories and creators. I like her artwork more than I like her. Well, there you go. Yeah. And I wasn't really feeling the Evan Dorkin one either. But oh, you'll get a knock on your door. I know. Yeah. Jeff Darrow uh, did a story, in, uh, did a, a page in this. It's like it's ridiculous. They're wonderful. And what's, what's interesting is, um, you know, Bill Morrison obviously did the most stuff, yes. or at least well, among among. I don't know if he did actually did the most, but he was probably the most. He's the artist. I think I'm guessing did the most art. Um, he is repped by Four C Comics, and uh, I've become friendly with Kevin um, with, with one of the, Chris Bacon, one of the uh, one of the founders of Four C, and like Morrison is there. Like with all you know, art art reps, there there are they have stable of artists, but but let's be honest, not all artists are created equal. There's always like tentpole creators, and for for four C man, I feel like Morrison is their tentpole. Like he he seems to be their big draw, their 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 like the guy. And uh, I did I, I you know because I haven't read very many Simpson comics over the years, I I I knew of him, but I didn't realize how 
Like, is is he the guy? Like, do you do you view him as the guy? Yeah, he, for a lot of years he was that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, very versatile artist. Um, yeah, and 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 has to be humble because he allowed somebody else to sign his work yes. for for years. Yes. But yes. wait, what's uh, this? Well, Matt Groening every cover signed by Groening. Yeah, or has Groening's has Groening's signature on every cover, and and Matt doesn't. I mean, doesn't do the covers. Uh, right. A lot oh, of games. So you're saying it's a Disney oh, type situation where oh, you know because Matt created it, he signs the covers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. Okay, it kind of. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know, it, it's the whole thing. Like, like. Um, but there it, are credit boxes in in the story, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah, can, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know like draw, but yeah, yeah, it's still right. But I mean, he, Morrison, he he was a linchpin for the majority of Bongo comics existence. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, yep. if it makes your heart warm any warmer, I think he's making quite a nice living uh, on the on the con scene. So, well, I'd like to have him on. Is oh, we so I, if I, you can, dude, I I can make that happen. Let's do with it. Quickness. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, okay. I because oh, I need I'll, some behind the scenes dirt. I don't know oh, if you'd be willing I'll, to go I'll, there. I'll ping, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll ping the force you guys this week. Nice. Okay. See, there you go. So I love you. You're crazy and you're wrong, but it's okay because I love you. That's right. Well, um, I never wanted to be right. In the first place, so all right, there you go. Uh, when it comes to you and and Stonad over there, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't want to be right. I, ju- I, ju- I just, <laughs> I just, I just want to coexist. That's it. I, I love nothing That's more it. than being with you guys. So facts, yeah. Why don't you tell me about comics that you feel like being with? Oh boy, um, yes, I will. This is a long. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts to this book, so um, pay attention. It was written and illustrated by Jake Kelly. Where have you heard that name before? Well, I talked about uh, three books in his uh, Death, Destruction, Vice, and Sleaze series a while back. Remember Doomsday Map, Shadows Will Fall, and In the New Era? Uh, This book is a 72-page perfect bound monster. Uh, It's amazing. It's called Blowing Minds. Just to reiterate... um, Kelly uses the Cuyahoga River, which is a river that bisects uh, Cleveland. He uses that as a storytelling device in every one of these these uh, death, destruction, vice, and sleaze chapters. And um, the river flows through all the tales, and objects, detritus, get carried down the river, and they're relevant to the stories he tells, like... Uh, you know, like a hard hat in one, or in this case, it's a matchbook uh, from a seedy Cleveland bar called Bardo's Cafe. And like I said, there's a lot of moving parts uh, to this tale, so follow the trail of events um, and maybe follow the trail of money. Like, you'll see. But um, Kelly exhaustively researches these things i mean again if you go back and listen to the 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 previous discussions um you get in addition to some great comics um well well researched you get addendums uh annotations in the back footnotes um commentary like there's savage dragon letter column length text pages in the back of all of his books 
and uh, his his uh, quotes. If if someone speaks a, a line of dialogue in his comics, chances are very good that they're one hundred percent verbatim from the people that are have said them in the past. That's how well researched these things are. So, um, what's blowing minds about? Well, uh, it starts off and then it janks into uh, a a. a a very different direction than I thought it was going to go in. It begins with World War II, right? At the end of World War II, all the hotshot pilots um, who were basically risked their lives day in, day out, multiple times a day, they got um, hooked on that lifestyle. So the pilots and the soldiers uh, that survived World War II, a lot of them formed motorcycle clubs. I didn't know that. Like I that the I didn't I never drew the line between these these survivors and the guys that would just live free or die just rode the the country in the in the the fifties. Um, it makes sense though, doesn't it? Sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, then the the book goes into Albert Hoffman, who is the granddaddy of of uh, LSD and. Um, his his substance attracted the attention of the CIA because um, mind control and experiments in in swaying the uh, the, the the population was was very uh, attractive to the CIA. Hence, MK Ultra, the illegal Cold War experiments in mind control. Um, we get characters like Timothy Leary, a clown. Yes. Um, a, a, a semi-intelligent clown who helped popularize LSD. He brought it. He brought it to the folks, the masses. Right. This is a a substance that can, you know, set you free. Tune in, turn on, drop out, all that. Um, and there's a lot of crossover between this book and that Grateful Dead Noah Van Skyver book I talked about uh, yep. a while back. Uh, Ken uh, Casey's in here and the Merry Pranksters. Hunter S. Thompson uh, and the Hell's Angels, but the the progression of events is that the LSD bites down on the West Coast biker gangs, thanks to Ken Kesey's acid test. Right. Um, meanwhile, in popular culture, biker films become very popular, uh, spearheaded by Roger Corman. Roger Corman's in this book. Freaking Roger Corman. How I made. Um, what's the name of the, the title of his autobiography? Uh, How I Made Movies in Hollywood, Never Lost a Dime, whatever. Um, so Roger Corman and other exploitation filmmakers glamorized this biker lifestyle, you know, with Peter Fonda and, and you know, no Easy rules. Rider. Right, Easy Rider, Hell's Angels, Werewolves on Wheels. Um, you know, th- this is the way to live, man. Screw the man. Go out on the road. There's no rules. You do what you want. There's tons of chicks. There's drugs. Expand your mind. Um, meanwhile, Ronald Reagan, uh, you know, launched a diatribe against LSD and, and mind-expanding drugs. And then you walk into the Summer of Love in 1967 with the whole um, hate Ashbury scene. But the 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 crux of the biscuit is... The FBI's at work here too, right? Um, there's two illegal black ops organizations, uh, Chaos, which tried to destroy the youth revolt from within, 
and COINTEL Pro, which I'm sure you've heard about, um, which is like wiretapping and agent provocateur shit stirring, you know. So in order for LSD to gain a foothold, a significant foothold, it had to be mass produced, right, which takes a lot of money and a lot of materials. Those are the stumbling blocks. So enter Augustus Owsley Stanley III, Owsley, Tim Scully, Nicholas Sand, who started kicking out millions and millions of doses of high-quality acid. Um, you've heard of white lightning and blue cheer, right? This is the stuff that permeated the subculture. And these guys wanted nothing less than to instigate a massive shift in uh, the consciousness of the culture through LSD, which is not necessarily a bad idea, but their distribution method, they exploited the long reach of the biker clubs, like the Hells Angels and the Brotherhood of Eternal Love and the whole, like that that part of the system maybe should have been conceived with a bit more care. Um, so how does this get back to Cleveland? Because Cleveland is to Kelly like Maine is to Stephen King. So it all has to lead back to Cleveland. And again, it, it comes down to the biker gangs. Cleveland saw the God's Children biker gang from the East Coast and the Hells Angels from the West Coast smack head to head in a war for dominance, which led to on the night of February 27th, 1968. Again, there's that matchbook, Bardo's Cafe, the location of a double murder. Um, there was an altercation with uh, a bunch of Hell's Angels and um, two men died, James Tillett and Roosevelt Brown. And Roosevelt Brown was black. So the real meat of Kelly's Blowing Minds is the murders, the principal players in said murders, the men and the women on the fringes, um, the resulting trials. Was it racially motivated? Um, it's not spelled out explicitly in the book, but chances are very good. Uh, there's a, um, after the trials, there were patches made for the Hells Angels that um, let everyone know that if you had this patch, you were one of the principal players in these, this, the murders of this, in this Bardo's Cafe. Uh, draw your own conclusions. Uh, but uh, this is truly amazing stuff. This book is phenomenal. Like, if you're talking LSD and, and Owsley and, and Timothy Leary and Roger Corman, my God, and Biker Flicks, like, this, is, this was a book that was made for me. You, you know it, right? I, I had to have been enraptured by this thing. And I think you will, too. Uh, I'm not going to go into the murders because, like I said, that's the biggest part of the book. Um, and I think he'll weave his little tale and you'll be mesmerized by it. And there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of of uh, of angles and, and moving parts. And it's just, it's, it's very captivating stuff. Um, so check it out. It's from Stone Church Press. Jake Kelly. Who I love, and I again, I have to take, I have to thank uh, Jefferson for introducing me to uh, to Jay Kelly because I would not have known of this wonderful human being's existence if it weren't for uh, Jefferson. So uh, 
I just got to give love where I see fit. And much love to Jay Kelly for making this damn thing because it's amazing. It's 15 bucks, Stone Church Press, uh, worth every penny and more. It's a bargain at twice the price. Blowing minds. Go get it. Nice. Yeah, I'm on the website, so they, they do have it in stock, which is good. Perfect bound. So. Yeah, it's great. Did you get the other pages. ones? Did you get no, the other no, ones? I, no, I wasn't. No, just... Awesome. But, uh, They're so yeah. good. Cool. Yeah, buy it, buy it, buy it. Yeah, I loved it. I and and um, I was more um, captivated going the initial pass. I was more captivated by the art because he's got a a little bit of a Charles Burns thing going on. But um, after I calmed down, I read it again and tried to really focus on the events instead of the pictures. It's a pretty deep story. Um, but again, where was this money coming from, right? You, you got to draw conclusions that uh, a lot of this shit was instigated by our own government, right? Either the CIA, the FBI, or some other uh, mm-hmm. alphabet organization. They just wanted to see, fuck out, you know, what is it? Fuck up and find out or fuck around and find out or whatever? Fuck around and find out. Yeah, yeah. Just, just just see what, what happens when... Uh, a mind-altering substance is introduced to a uh, strata of society that maybe needs um, an, an an alternate view into existence. I don't know. I just think it. Was- yeah. No. I mean, I you know, I talked uh, at length about that first volume of Project MK Ultra: Sex, Drugs, and CIA, right? Uh, by Kenneth Moore, and um, that's what I thought and- this was going to be. But it, it, it zigs instead of zags, or it zags yeah, instead of zigs. Yeah, I was going to say, because the, sec- the second volume came out uh, at the end of November, and I don't think I ever talked about it on the show, but I mean, it was it was equally awesome. And You uh, have it? Yeah, oh yeah, no, no, I read it, yeah. Because Kenneth Moore heard our episode, our first talk about it and uh, and started has become a listener of the show and uh, and graciously, graciously offered to come on the show to, to talk about that at some point, so... We'll need to think about doing that, but uh, I would yeah, love but it, like, but I haven't but read it. Definitely, either. it's all coincident with uh, with with what you're talking about. Yes, yes. I love the cover to blowing minds. Oh, it's great! It's 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 a beautiful, beautiful cover. I wanted it to be our album or our featured image for this episode, but because it's a uh, it's a vertical and not a horizontal, uh, ah. a, a lot of the uh, the pertinent details get that corrupt out. Gotcha. So, yeah. But uh, I was gonna, Jake. I had it planned, but it just didn't work out that way. So sometimes I can make it work, but yeah, at at, at the loss of the the uh, image quality. But I didn't want to mm-hmm. go down that road. Yeah, but this is great stuff. Um, I was captivated by MK Ultra and and the the whole uh, mythology around that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I would gladly volunteer for any kind of. Uh, experimentation like DMT if they were doing tests on DMT I'd be like right number one in front of that that door waiting to get in I'll I'll do it yep it's my shock I know (laughs) (laughs) go get it I think I might yeah it's just wonderful stuff I can't because I'm on the site and I realized I didn't pick up uh, the first collection I still haven't gotten it so maybe I'll just get them all at the same time. And he does a lot of foreshadowing too, because he'll say, "Remember that 
thing floating down the river in um, a previous book. Well, you're going to see how that plays out in the next book. And it's like, oh, dude, you're killing me. Huh. I love that kind of stuff when it's mm-hmm. when, when when your creator is so carefully concocting their their narrative that they they take the time to to build in something in an early volume that's not going to come to fruition in like two or three whatever. I love that. It just shows me that you you care, you're concerned, right? Organic as hell, yeah. Right, keeping it real. So, what else do we have? Uh, I, I posted this on the Slack because I was really um, kind of uh, impressed to a degree, but um, with Action Comics 1050, it was it's it's basically it's it's part setup issue for for the future of of the Superman side of of the DC universe, but it also kind of wraps up. Um, the War World, the the the, the long story that, that began with War World and uh, even Bendis's run puts things in a nice little bow on one side, and then we get a whole new um, a whole new starting point. And it's weird that it's 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 this issue, and it wasn't like a one shot or an annual that would lead things into it. It's it's just it's another issue in a long running title, um, bunch of creators involved because again, it's some old ushering and some new, but you got, uh, your writers are Philip Kennedy Johnson. He's going to continue with action. And I'm pretty sure he wrote the Mike Perkins section of this, uh, this anthology type story. Um, Tom Taylor and Joshua Williamson, your artists are the, Never mentioned Mike Perkins, Clayton Henry, and I'm a, I'm a big Clayton Henry fan. I really like. Uh, sometimes his art is almost like color forms. They're just the figures are right in the front, almost popping off the panel, uh, and then the backgrounds are just are. are I mean, the backgrounds are detailed yeah. and they're there, but but the figures are just like right in your face, and it's it's. I just I love his line. I, I he's I, doing I, that. Just, uh, he's doing that John Kent book with Tom Taylor um, in two months. Right, so that's why. So, so Taylor and 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 Henry are working on those those pages, and I think, I I don't think Nick Dragata is because the new Superman book that's being written by Josh Williamson is art by Jamal Campbell. Now, I don't know if Jamal might take a break after a couple of months, and maybe Nick will come in, or if they just got Nick to to do these pages because Jamal's working on on the upcoming book. But regardless. You've got those three writers. You've got those three artists. And um, Perkins is Perkins isn't the odd man out, but his style is so vastly different from Henry's and Dragatis. But um, you, the issue starts off with um, Lex and kind of torturing, or he's got Manchester Black in in a contraption, uh, wires all hooked up to Black's head. Um, He's strapped in and basically um, we find out that uh, Lex kind of sort of had something to do with Manchester Black being on Superman's team when he went to Warworld. And um, Black gets under Lex's skin because obviously we all know 
Lex Luthor is so consumed with Superman. And it just, every waking minute, he's just consumed by this person that everybody in the world loves. And he, uh, and, 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 and Manchester's like, you know what? He's like, you want to know what he thinks about you, Lex, what he says about you in his darkest moments? Because you won't believe it. But I'll tell you if you honestly want to know. And he's like, what? What, what, what does he say? And Manchester's like, nothing. He doesn't. All you're obsessing, all those years, you, 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 you were just pining over the man like some lovesick teenager. He don't think about you at all. And that, and, and at first, Lex is really, his face is just, he's super pissed about it. But then he's just like, you know what? Thank you. And then he flicks the switch. And all of a sudden, Manchester starts convulsing. And he's, there's like all these rays, this big purple wave emanates from um, LexCorp Towers, and it basically kind of covers the entire world. And we have no idea what the hell's going on. Um, there's just uh, the, this the couple of panels where, you know, we see this wave kind of um, affect other parts of the world, Tokyo, Melbourne, uh, Singapore, Jamaica, and, and then we get to Smallville, and all the Kents are home minus superman um john and jay and lois and jonathan and martha they're they're there getting ready to have dinner perry white is coming over um but superman is uh in india um handling a uh, a burst dam so john goes to help dad um and clark and superman and John show up while everybody's there in in, in the kitchen, and um, Cal's like, you know, sorry, we're late. Dressed as Superman, so is John. And Perry White is standing there, and he's just got this look on his face. And Superman's like, it's so good to see you, calling him Mister White. He's like, I'm thank you, for, thanks for coming so far. And and Perry's like, Superman, I don't. What are you doing here? And Cal's like, Perry, it's it's me. It's it's Clark. I'm right here. And because Perry's looking around for Clark, he's like, I don't understand Superman's here. It's like, why is it? And he clutches his heart and falls down and, uh, basically, um, kind of had a minor stroke. And while Clark and Lois are at the hospital, while the doctor is checking out Perry, um, something similar to Jimmy's signal watch pierces through the, uh, through the air and, and Superman, busts out and finds his way to Lex because Lex is like, uh, you know, I've noticed that uh, your pal has a watch like this, so I decided to design one. I, I tweaked it a little bit, made some upgrades, but I needed to get you here. And we find out that um, that what Lex did to Manchester Black is very similar to what Peter asked Doctor Strange to do. And now the world no longer knows that Superman and Clark are the same person. What? The the close friends and family do because they're all basically psychically shielded. So the Titans, the JLA, uh, the JSA, like all his all his friends, all his peers still know Clark and Superman are the same person. Lois knows, obviously. Um, but the world at large does it, and and Lex's reasoning is, um, you know, you're 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 everyone's 
the favorite immigrant and, and the world basically he's finally come to the realization or uh, the revelation that was hard for him to admit that the world needs Superman. Um, he's been proven right twice recently, once when Superman went to go handle Mongol on, on War World, and then I guess during the recent Dark Crisis that, that I wasn't reading. But um, Lex is like, if the world needs Superman, then I'll give him the best possible version, and and it'll be my Superman. And he unveils this whack-looking suit and helmet and that just looks ridiculous it's got the superman shield but on the other on either side of the the s it says like lex Corps. just it's it's it, it looks like something out of the silver age it's it's silly but superman's just standing there looking at him and he's like listen he's like uh, with my mind and resources just imagine what we could accomplish i've spent years studying you i believe that i can fix you um but we have to make some sacrifices if we're going to do that so you know the world needs to believe you are a god that you are above them you're not one of them and therefore the world cannot know your clark Kent. um so he says you know uh this this is just um the the truth the truth is a dangerous thing if anyone knows your secret identity now it could kill them uh but if you work with me then um then you know I won't I won't punish you completely. I'll even let you keep your marriage. Uh, the boy is questionable, though. You know I might. I, I, and, and and Superman just loses it, punches him out of the building, because uh, now Superman Lex is all in this souped-up armor. So he's um, he's he's threatening civilians and kicking cars around. Superman catches a car, punches Luthor like into orbit. They end up fighting on the moon a bit, and um, and. For whatever reason, uh, they not for whatever reason, but they're having this knockdown drag out fight on the moon. Um, he, uh, he, he, this is all, it, it's all part of, um, just Lex's sense of, of entitlement and, and feeling neglected because he, um, he was talking about, uh, the time that they were together in, in, in Smallville growing up. And he's like, you know, I, I never th- to think I could ever reason with someone like you. You know, you you've got. Um, he, he, he's like, you just you you can never see what's best for everyone. You and all your muscles and and Superman's like, I'm done with you hurting the people I love and the people of this world. And Lex is like, do you know what hurt? When you and I were in Smallville together, I was so alone. I felt like there was no one in the universe who could understand what I was going through, and you lied. Like, you could have been honest with me. We could have been equals, but you just you kept your secret. I'm sitting here feeling like an outsider, and and I just I felt alone. And and it's just so. So instead, you gave your identity to, to them, to everybody else, to the world. And I'm, I'm like, basically just sitting out here with, with, with my thumb up my ass. So he's like, listen, if, and if, if I wasn't good enough for the truth, then no one is. And Superman's pummeling Lex in this armor, demanding to know where Manchester Black is. Lex is like, well, I never liked him. He was smug. He smoked. The world's better off with him gone. So we kind of basically have like a hint of a death of Manchester Black thing. Um, and uh, he, and, and Lex admits to killing him. And, and he says, uh, he's like, you know, while he is still giving his whole speech, Superman's screaming him out that he's a murderer and he's sitting there and he's smacking him through satellites and he's just beating the crap out of Lex. And, um, and, and he, uh, Lex kind of like 
just teleports Superman away. He's like, uh, he, 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 um, he sent him to just some other outer star system. And before he can even like turn around and head back to earth, Superman shows up again, which completely befuddles Lex. And he's like, my mind and body are stronger than they've ever been. Concepts like weight, distance, temperature, even space time have largely lost their meaning for me. So hopefully they're kind of maybe eventually maybe get him depowered again but he uh he he basically just dismantles lex's armor um and then lex standing there being held by superman's uh, like 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 barely whispering don't don't kill me and uh, so all that all that bluster all that bravado is just vanishes in a second and um and and basically superman's like listen you're gonna go to prison for murder and the next time you think you have the power to threaten my family or kill my friends with impunity, um, you better think again. And then we cut to Gotham, where Batman explains that, um, you know, the Justice League, the Reserve is the Titans. Uh, they have the psychic defenses set up by Martian Manhunter. Um, and because of that shield that's around the Kent house in Smallville, uh, they were protected from that wave as well so so again friends and family still know who he is um and batman's kind of for, kind of letting him know that you know this is pretty much a good thing because um you know it's it, you, you first of all it's superman even admits cal lets him know you know he didn't think it was fair that that aspect of of going public um kind of reduce Lois to the wife of Superman instead of her being Lois Lane, <laughs> exceptional reporter. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Superman will adjust. And again, we've kind of got like a, a, a new jumping on point for readers. Um, the, the, the issue ends with um, the events that we just witnessed leading into the new Superman number one, leading into, um, the upcoming um, Superman, John Kent, or Adventures of Superman, John Kent book, um, because the last the the there are a couple of pages where we're taken to the multiverse, and um, and there's another Cal L that's been murdered, and um, and when we we uh, I guess Omega Omega Man is. Um, is the one doing these killings and and um the last time john and uh omega man were um their ultraman were were together um is when john was a young boy went with his grandfather went with jor-el space hopping and uh an ultraman kidnapped john and like shoved him in a volcano and couldn't escape and that's kind of like where he spent a bunch of years so we'll get some um not closure but we'll get a follow-up to to those events and um and then metallo is also back and that's going to um continue in action comics so it's it was it i really i i i definitely it, it it didn't part of me as i was reading it kind of reminded me of um the alan moore whatever happens to man of tomorrow not not that it was so final but just that we were kind of just letting us know that you know what came before is that's that's done we we told those stories we're moving forward now and and now we're we're going to have a new not quite burn or reboot but 
but now we're going to have something new. So I just, I was really, I'm, I enjoyed everything I've been reading between the Taylor stuff with John, with the PKJ stuff, with the war world stuff. Um, but it's nice to know that that's, that's done moving forward. we got the new Jamal Campbell book coming out. Um, we've got John getting another series now. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to where we're going again. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm really digging the, um, this all new super amped up silver age, powerful Superman. I I'm sure that that's just because when he was in space, he got kind of just supercharged. Eventually that'll probably start to, um, wear down a little bit. I hope, but, uh, but it was, it, it, it was a, it was a funky anthology issue. The, the, the Dragatis pages and the Henry pages worked pretty well together. They, everybody kind of sort of had their own chapter, except the scenes in space where Nick Dragata and, and Clayton Henry were kind of, um, not alternating pages, but one would start a couple, go to a couple. So it was, but they worked really well together. It wasn't as jarring as, you know, the, the Perkins stuff compared to the other two, but it was, um, it was a neat issue, and I'm 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 looking forward to uh, to where we go from here. Couple thoughts: um, the everybody the the Superman's um, you know alter ego being hidden again. That's like you know par for the course. We knew that was coming. I mean, it happens with everybody. It's uh, you always put the you always put the toys back right on the shelves eventually. Um, you know, the ideas like that only last for as long as until a new writer wants to go back to the way it used to be. It's it's like Spider-Man brand new day, right? Like it just it's it's inevitable. So um, as long as you're cool with the way they did it, like that's all. That it's matters. I mean, he did get to I know you said a couple. I we, he did get some more play out of it than Peter did, because basically, I mean, that happened during Civil War and before Civil War was over, Aunt May gets shot. And then that's when the whole brand new days. So it's yeah. like it's like we had weeks. Whereas here we've had since, you know, before Bendis' run ended. So we've had a couple of years. Not that they really did anything with it because Johnson's run, he's in space. So it's not like, you know, nobody cares about that. Yeah, John Kent people knew. But even Tom Taylor played around with it a little bit. He was able to tell some stories, especially with the introduction of, of the love life. But uh, I think they could have done more. But, yeah, if if Superman... However they were going to do it, it probably would never have been so flawlessly. But the fact that, you know, they, they kind of sacrificed Manchester Black for it. I'm, I am, I'm, I'm okay with having a secret identity again. Right, yeah. No, I assumed as much. Um, and then, you know, I've talked a bit about one of the reasons that I had trouble glomming onto Superman versus some of the other characters was always that he seemed so powerful that he was like the epitome to me of the superhero being as powerful as they needed to be. And I know we've talked about that in the past, and, and I know we talked about, you know, Byrne kind of depowering him and that you guys really mm-hmm. like that. But I guess I'm curious if, because you mentioned the power thing, I'm curious if um, if you, and, and Vince, you've read enough Superman comics, I know it's not your bag right these days, but but certainly for a long time it was. Like, if you guys, like, my 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 view of it has always been like, well, Superman's as powerful as they need him to be in the story, like, he needs to be weak to make the story compelling because of his villain, then he's going to be weak. If he needs to be able to, you know, move a planet out of its orbit to, for the story, then that's what he's going to do. And, and so uh, I just find it interesting whenever someone I consider like a big fan of a character takes issue with something like you just said, like, Oh, I'm not vibing this sort of how powerful he is right now. So like, how do you like, 
is there a threshold like for how powerful he is? Because I guess for me, it's like someone who's not as invested in Superman. I'm like, he to me has always been as powerful as the writer needs him to be. He's always like we know he's 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 fast and he's strong. Um, this whole thing about like just showing back up after Lex teleported him to God knows where in the solar system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was weird. Um, and he basically just touches Lex's armor and the whole thing kind of just dismantles itself. And I'm not sure where the hell that came from. So, so I am, I'm not, I'm not shook by it, but I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, I got a little bit of a dog tilted head look to it. Cause I'm just like, I'm not, it, it's, that's not that's not what kept me a super I mean even I mean he fought Doomsday and he got his ass kicked because he's yeah. not that strong so it's like it's it's I, I'm pretty sure but like that yeah, no I mean not that I, I don't I don't like but there have been plenty of times when he's fought characters that were arguably more powerful than Doomsday or, or godlike and he's won right yeah but, but like Batman and in, in Hush took him down with a kryptonite ring so it's like and I'm and I'm just bringing up Superman because that's what you're talking about specifically, and you mentioned his power creep. But like, that's true of anyone, right? I mean, I mean, certainly as a yeah, fan of Marvel uh, growing even up, Hulk. like like, like yeah. Wolverine fought Galactus once. I mean, you know, that's absurd, right? But like, it happened. I mean, so like, it, yes. it, it, it's it is the nature of of this of of superhero trope is you, you a writer can make someone as powerful or as weak <laughs> as they need to be. But I'm just wondering, like with Superman specifically, it seemed like I guess I'm just trying to think of. Because it would be kind of boring if he got beat a lot, right? Like you want him to, for sure. Like, like the the, the trick with all these crazy powered characters in Superman is the analog. He's the he's the alpha of that type. He's the archetype. Is you want them to be powerful enough that they can win in the end, but that it needs to be a struggle. Yeah. Did you say hush? Yeah. Dark Knight Returns, my friend. Oh, true. Yeah, not yeah. true. I, I yeah, yeah. just didn't come to mind. I was. Just yeah, saying, don't yeah. don't be giving it to. No, it's Frank. <laughs> fair. Not totally fair. Right. Totally fair. You're right. You're totally right. fair. I love you. But what I mean, well, do you? Have, well, but maybe you want to. Uh, I, I I I I I can't address the question with a clear head. I really can't. Oh, okay. Uh, as long as the writer approached it, the storytelling with some kind of novelty, I was fine with it. Yeah, yeah. Show me something that I haven't seen before. Use Superman's consummate powers or lack of powers in a in a in a new way than right. It's it's the thing that gets me, it turns me away when they keep going back to the well. That just shows it's just lazy. Lack of imagination. It's lazy. I don't care how yeah. good the storytelling is. Mm-hmm. It, it, and I'm not going to point fingers because Dap is enjoying the books. So I'm not going to say anything. Oh, but sure. I mean, look at Marvel. Uh, again, with the Planet Hulk. Now they call it Hulk Planet. Seriously? Hulk Planet, yeah. Yeah. That's, that is yeah, not going yeah. to get me yeah. read these friggin' books. And it, it's just, show me something different. When right. when when the the... the the multiverse is your playground, and you're you're doing the same tried and true over and over. He's depowered. He has a secret identity now. He doesn't have a secret identity. Like that's the lack of secret identity is not a hook it's for not me. Makes Superman. No, not, right. no, it's, yeah, it's, I know, I know. It, it's the the supporting cast. It's yeah. always been the supporting cast. Whether you're talking Peter Parker and his people or Clark Kent and his people, it's the people around them that make them interesting. Mm-hmm. 
for me. I mean, others' yeah. mileage may vary. But, I mean, you know, Peter Parker is a compelling character, but you throw in Aunt May, right? And then you throw in Gwen, and you throw in Mary Jane, and it's like, whoa, uh, wait a minute. Um, Flash Thompson, wow, now this guy is is a fulcrum for all of these interesting characters. Right. And and the same thing with, with Clark, Perry, and Jimmy. Oh, my God, Jimmy's one of the best yeah. characters in comics. To use that supporting cast effectively in in tandem with novel storytelling is why I kept coming back. I, I, yeah, I was going to like say, John Byrne. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like even with the lowest thing, like I know some people like to this day are mad that he ever married her, but it's like to me, and, and again, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking of this as someone who moves in and out of Superman stuff, so it's not like I'm, um, it's not like he's one of my guys, my characters, but, but like I, I love like the parts that I've always enjoyed when I read him is like I, I want to see him have some kind of like depth because like, you know, at the end of the day, he is basically an alien god, right? Like, yeah. he's, and 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 in DC lore, more times than not, he's if he wanted to, he could pretty much just be like the emperor of the universe. Like that's how powerful he is. So it's like, you got to be real careful with how you tell stories about that. And one of the things to me, that's always been interesting with him when he is interesting is that he's so inherently good as a person that he completely subdues the very natural tendency to use one's power to one's own gain. And like, it's so anathema to everything that almost any human being would actually do or want to do. So any any human being that wasn't raised by the Kents. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's the crucial factor. Yeah. yeah. Mom Pa Kent. They're they're so important as to be as important as he, right? Yep. Yeah. Um I always thought with the whole wedding thing like why can't Cal be ha- uh, happy? Right. Why can't he, be? he he saves the world multiple times a day? And yeah, and yeah. and it, I get I understand that Peter couldn't keep Mary Jane or more more to the point Aunt May safe right because mm-hmm. he's only Spider Man but if anybody can keep someone safe it's it's Clark like he sure. could take he could take her to the moon or or take the family to anywhere anywhere he he can you know go to whatever planet and just drop them off have a nice day we'll be back when all this shit is done but why can't he he should be happy so the wedding was cool i was cool with the wedding i was it's i mean if you know a couple of issues in to williamson's run if if he's back to like you know pushing planets back in orbit (laughs) i'll be close to being out i they're just i do need depends how it's it's done well, you're right. You're absolutely right. Because I mean, I mean, Morrison could have done that in All Star Superman and, and made it enjoyable just because right. of the context of it. it but not, he stopped not, a girl from committing suicide. Like that's the joy of All Star Superman, right? Yes. We're, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's just it's it's it it's wait and see. I mean, nothing is. It's not black and white. If I'm 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 completely I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing where these creators take the character and his supporting cast. I'm looking forward to the stories, and I just I I'm fine with trying something new. So if if um, right, right. we know we're going to have whatever's going to happen in 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 the John Kent book, uh, Superman's back to having a solo title and action comics, one of which I'm pretty sure is going to like also revolve around his supporting cast. Um, you know, if it, it, 
Bendis came on and and you know he he tried some things new tried tried some new things and and some stuck some were kind of a whiff and and it is what it is and so you know you want to give somebody else the ball to run with we'll see where it goes so I'm and I know Williamson pretty much seems to be him and Taylor are kind of like you know DC's like bit boys lately and and that's yeah, fine sure. and I'll so you know listen you want to everybody's everybody's got their Superman story to tell. I'll, I'll see where it goes. So if if um, if it's fun and if it reminds me of if it feels like Superman, mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm I'm there for it. If if it starts to you know if we get to like you know Wolverine in an exoskeleton, then I'm like then mm-hmm. then I might uh, I'll have to give it a second thought and start maybe. Oh, you had to bring back, you, brought, you had to bring up the Stegman curse. I just I'm like I just I want to I, I I need to still have that that essence. In, in the book and if it's not there then then that's when i kind of like I'm, I'm glad other people can enjoy it and there might be something there for other people to dig but if it's not speaking to me then then i'm out did, but I'm, did, did you like electric superman or did you hate it i wasn't really i that was that was the time in the 90s where i wasn't Got really it. Okay. so it, i i kind of dipped right before that that came about okay. yeah i kind of loved it yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, it was, was different. We never saw it before, because, and, then, and then and now he's red, and it was yeah cool with the whole split and one. So I was, I was, and then the Giants, like, the thing with Ron Friends, like, like oh, that's good stuff. Sorry, I, I I was aware of it because I would I would flip through Wizard or 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 I'd see a headline in like CBG or something. So because I was still kind of like trying to be aware of what was going on in in the medium, even if I wasn't buying as much as I was. So, but but no, I mean, unfortunately, yeah, the 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 Triangle era. I mean, thankfully, I've I've pick some up over the years where I can kind of now finally sit down and read a good consecutive chunk. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was, but, but even then, even then you knew it wasn't going to last. It was just going to be, it was basically so we could get a haircut. So you get married. <laughs> right. I, I think I'd go as far as to say the triangle era books are unassailable. You, I, you, you could come, yeah, we, you could go yes. off on a diatribe about how, you know, they played to the audience or they, it went on too long, blah, blah, blah. Shut yeah. up. Th- those books are pitch perfect. Every one of them. And the creators involved. Yeah. I mean, you had Miller, you had McGinnis, you had, so, I mean, you had, I mean, it, and it, it, it's just, I mean, you had Weezy, yes, it Bogdanov. I mean, there's just, I. So good. I, I, I'd I, want to punch myself it, in the face for selling them. I really uh-huh. do. Anytime I get doubles, you know they're yours. But, yeah, and, and and it pisses me off that that DC just stopped with the burn stuff. They 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 they're sitting on it. It's like it's right there. Just keep just keep putting out hardcovers of the triangle stuff. Man. I think we should be thankful we got the four we got. We oh a hundred percent yeah hundred uh, percent. Those are like you know the Dead Sea Scrolls. They they have <laughs> no really they have a place of honor on my shelf. Every yeah. time I go into the reading room, I actually genuflect. Thank you, Mister John. Looking right at it. Yeah. It bothers me though that the first volume is in blue and then the rest are in red. Well, yeah. or slowly but starts to get that's, darker red. But yeah. that's how to and it, that's how to do uh, superhero comics right. Uh, starting with the burn revamp right through yep. the triangle era, those are probably the most perfect superhero comics ever created. I just love them, and I don't care who. Who 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 listens to me and just like what really I don't care no I really don't I, care I don't think you're alone uh, alone there I mean that that's some of the most beloved superhero comics of our lifetime it's even the shit still... with Dolphin like when Dolphin would show up I would oh, squeeze like ah it's fucking Dolphin <laughs> she's back again maybe he'll <laughs> leave Lois and go with Dolphin because oh she's God. hotter but anyway the Daisy Dukes but you had but, right uh, but but the stuff <laughs> in the Triangle era yeah, like, is still 
<laughs> they still use that <laughs> to this day. It's it's like all that like like Lois and Clark are still married and and, yep. it's, and, and the kids are still alive. And it's like all that. I mean, thank you, Bernd, thank you, Jurgens. No, we you got to thank the progenitor of all that, Jack Kirby. If the the, the the entirety of the Triangle era is almost verbatim from Jimmy Olsen, you got to admit it. Oh yeah, with with with, with Double X and yep. and the Guardian and Newsboy Legion and and yep. it's uh, I, and and you know maybe part of it is every I'll I'll see a Superman comic and I'm like okay maybe maybe this will just maybe this will feel like the triangle era again. I just, so, so I'm not grasping the straws, but I would no. like, you know, I just, I want that feeling. I just, it's okay. I enjoy. Mm-hmm. We can, I think, I think it, our, our time would be better spent trying to uh, amass a, a complete run of the triangle books than it is to hope for someone to replicate those. Books. Sure. Oh yeah. hundred mm-hmm. yeah, percent. Yeah. You can't, no one, no one's, it, it's not, that was just, that, that was magic. It was just it's every pure. day, every week. Every week you got a new Superman book, new yep. creative team, and just it, it was just no, it was it was special. And I know that they've tried, not not necessarily DC with the Superman stuff, but the, the publishers have tried to do that. I mean, whether it was Marvel with with a mutant book almost every week or an Avengers book, it, it they've they do try to you know make sure that you don't forget this week it's another book in this corner of this universe. And and but there was just I. It was. It was. I mean, and then DC tried it with Batman too, because you had you had Detective, you had Batman, you had Legends, you had Shadow, and it's just like it just it gets to be too much. But, yeah. but it wasn't hope though. Was just, no, no, it wasn't hope. Dap and I tag team on something. Nice. It's gonna it's gonna make your life, Jason. It is it. Yeah, it's gonna make you're your gonna, life. You're gonna, you're gonna go out and run. And oh, okay. By all the issues, <laughs> I totally doubt it. But uh, okay, it, it's <laughs> it's a book about slackers. Oh no! Yeah, I. That's what we said going in. It's like, um, but if 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 the the list of artists that fill me with joy immediately upon viewing their art is. Mm, let's be honest. It's it's a long list, but uh, somewhere to the top of the list is Michael Sweater. I don't know what it is. I just find Michael Sweater's art to be an absolute joy. I see it. I smile. I read. Like it compels me to to just own it. Like there, I talked about Puppy Night a while back, and. Um, other books that Michael Sweater has, has done. This thing that we've well we've read two, and I don't know if we should pummel Jason into submission with both of them, but um, the book is called Everything Sucks. Um, it will be published. I think it comes out next week in your in your comic shops. We got advance uh, copies. Oh, look at you, big timers! Yeah, from uh, Silver Sprocket. Silver Sprocket. Yeah. Yep. Oh shit! Okay. Oh yeah. Um, and it, it's it's just a pure joy, but uh, to Jason's dismay, the characters are slackers. Um, you got Kala, who is uh, I see it, this always makes my head hurt when uh, a comic will feature anthropomorphic animals that mm-hmm. talk and speak and eat and fuck and smoke and and make art, and then there's 
dogs and cats. Dogs and cats, yes. Yeah, I don't yeah, understand. Common, yeah. though. But, but yeah. I, I know, but I don't know how to, like, the mind can't parse that. Like, so, wait, did the did these animals evolve at a different rate than the dogs and the cats? But mm-hmm. wait a minute, the main character looks to be, is she a bear, would you say, David? Or a cat? Uh, like a, almost like a koala? Yeah, yeah. Her name's Kala. She likes to draw, uh, but she she likes to draw uh, sexy anime um, or or ma- sexy manga men. Um, she got tattoos across her knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hell yep. And her buddy, it's, who uh, she calls a plebeian, his name's Noah. Uh, he's a bird, right? Yeah. And but he has. Like a knit hat on with the button, He's and dude, they, yeah. they got a lounge chair inside the apartment. <laughs> like not like a like a, a a beach lounge chair that you fold in three. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 their garbage is piled up by the door. Like they they are the people Jason has has grown to hate. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But he's Noah's like, yeah, you know what? You just you just go draw your smut. She's like, it's not smut, it's erotica. <laughs> and he's like, just because you call it a fancy word doesn't mean it's it's art. And, and and then there's a back and forth between the two, and it ends in like, have you ever seen French New Wave films? And Noah's like, the fuck is that? I don't know. What are you talking about? New Wave is music. And she's like, oh my god. So. You know they're they're measuring dicks about art, which you know beeline to my heart, right? So it just turns out that the there's a there's an overabundance of cats around their apartment. Not, I mean Noah has a cat named uh, Garth, and but his name is Garthfield. Garthfield. Cats. <laughs> cats <laughs> name's Garth. Garthfield, but there's this one cat that's like giving Noah a, a hard time, and he's like, "The fuck is with all these cats?" And he he goes off. He starts trying to make a grilled cheese. He's apparently a gourmet at making grilled cheese sandwiches, um, and the cat is is pestering him. So uh, he he deals with the cat in a very very violent way. Um, meanwhile, they the cats lock. Noah out, and, and actually Garth and the other cats lock Noah out of the apartment, uh, the house, but the stove is still on, right? So meanwhile, Calla goes to her ex, Philippe, who's a frog. <laughs> and Philippe has a very healthy criterion collection of DVDs. Yes. And so Calla wants to borrow uh, a DVD to teach Noah the error of his ways, but I guess the relationship between Kala and Philippe didn't go very well, and he's using that fact. Um, he's like, uh, "You already broke a thing that is deeply important to me, my heart." My heart. <laughs> you, she's got you, in the air. you pathetic <laughs> frog! You're so pathetic. But she wants to borrow his French New Wave DVDs, um, and she. <laughs> She takes them, well, she thinks she takes them while he's crying. 
he just just a pitiful pitiful guy but it's it's an overabundance of cats and where are they all coming from and and noah tries to be you know mr big dick um there's a, a lady that lives across the way an older woman that's actually feeding the feral cats in the neighborhood and he's like what are you doing if you feed them they're never gonna go away they're just gonna keep breeding and this old lady's awesome she's feeding the cats and she's like you know what, like, how about just minding your own business? The universe does not give a shit about you. I don't give a shit about you. Nobody cares about you. And Noah's like, this old lady is like the best. She's the coolest thing ever. Uh, meanwhile, their friend um, uh, Brad, who's an opossum, and he's in the sewer for some reason looking for money. And I, I'm reading this book thinking, if I could only get Jason to read this, it would probably be like saltpeter to him but it's i think it's just awesome because it's michael sweater but so what's the outcome of this thing uh well uh <laughs> well anyway brad finds a crawfish a crawd crawdad crawfish in, in the sewer and he calls him tom delange <laughs> from blink 182 who's if you do do some research on tom delange He's a huge uh, proponent for um, uh, the government uh, releasing all of the the UFO files. Like he's 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 an armchair ufologist. He's a bit of a nut too, but um, again, it's 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 Seinfeldian in a way with with their stories like really about nothing. Yep. In in a sense, Uh, I'm not going to get into the 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 ending of it but it, it's um cats are evil in this story and and you know noah finds out why but it's just strange when you have anthropomorphic animals speaking and doing all these things and then you have pets how why it doesn't make any sense but it's uh just the it's it's a wonderful pastime everything sucks uh, mainly because Michael Sweater's artwork is an absolute joy. Um, it's it's very um, organic, and there's not a lot of hard edges in his character design, which is great. Uh, it's very, very welcoming. And uh, can you find uh, an analog in, in Michael Sweater, David? It's tough, right? It is. It is, yeah. And we always have to say, oh, well, what's his art with? Well, it's like this. But I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for finding um, the, uh, uh, a comparative. Like, I don't – but it's beautiful. And, and it's, it's just very welcoming. The, his, his line is, is uniform. Not a whole lot of thicks and thins. But it's, it's just uh, – it's done in a way that says, look at me. I, I think it's just – I can't – Look away, really, is very compelling to me. I love his art. And his coloring is great, too. The coloring is great. Yeah. I don't know. And then he got some backup strips at the end. Yeah. But it's all from the slacker point of view. Yeah, much ado about nothing, but in such an entertaining way. Much like Seinfeld. Like, it's just goofy. Um, It's like a sitcom-like uh, structure where you know someone will walk on the aunts will be like hey it's it's Kala and and they get into a a, a a comedic thing based on an event and it's it's just fun there should be more comics like this there's not a whole 
there's not a gulf between this stuff and Karl Barks. Even though Karl Barks was more highbrow and dealt with, you know, things from a historical perspective and adventure and and um, stuff like that, I think the methodology is the same, right? Or oh yeah, somewhat. And did you you know that Benji Nate, the the uh, writer artist of Hellphone, is Michael Sweater's uh, significant other? I did not. Yes. Yep. That's great. Yep. Um, again, Silver Sprocket is uh, one of the best. And you should check out Michael's work because he's just a freaking godsend. He's a joy. Unless the, your name uh, is Jason, then in which case it's, <laughs> it's not going to work for you. The uh, the first Everything Sucks is now in its second printing. Yes, uh, that comes second out. Second printing next week too. Yeah. Without the stickers and extras that was in the first printing version. But at least you get the story, which is the important part. Um, no, you'll that get, involves, you, you'll get oh, stickers with all cats go to hell. Right. Right. Cause that's the first printing. Yeah. Right. Um, but the, the previous book takes place mostly at, um, Burger Castle. <laughs> and 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 Noah wants a burger, yeah. and um, and he's just uh, whereas. Um, but why Brad, does he, why does he want a burger though? He because he, uh, he sees the damn commercial. He's like, ah, fuck that the commercials. I yes, hate commercials. Food. <laughs> he's like, I gotta go get a burger, and and he goes to, and they walk. He and Kyla walk into his car, and 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 she's like, well, why don't we take your car? And he's like, that's too messy. Well, I don't mind a bit of trash. I've been trash my whole life. He's like, I'm not kidding. Get the fuck away from my car. <laughs> and it's like, and there's like all these Christmas decorations and lawn ornaments and shit in the back seat. Um, so she's gonna use the uh, she's gonna use the cane as a the candy cane as as a bong. But um, inventive, she is. And uh, Brad shows up, and Brad Noah's got no time for Brad. He just super annoyed by the dude. Um, especially because he's an adult. Well, he's a skateboard. Yeah. He's a possum. He's a possum. trucker hat. He's a trucker hat that just says truck on it. <laughs> um, so, so he's like, so, so, um, Brad's like, we should go get tacos. It's not a nice in taco day. <laughs> and, and Noah's still just like, dude, no one invited you. Like, stop. And he's like, okay, fine. I get it. I can read the room. We should get burgers. And I was like, dude, no one invited you. <laughs> they get to Burger Castle and they, um, the place is closed. They, <laughs> Big sign on the window, temporary closed, and and uh, one of why the workers though? is outside smoking, and he's like, "Why is it? Why is it? Why is it closed during lunch?" And the employee's like, "There are hundreds of circumstances that can lead to a burger place being closed at lunch. This particular circumstance is that some dude took a shit on the floor." <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, "What if we don't need to use the bathroom? Can we just swing in, grab some burgers, and take off?" He says, "I didn't say." They shit in the bathroom. <laughs> and he takes a long puff off his cigarette and he exhales. Oh my God. And, and so, so Noah's like, then fuck it, we'll use the drive-thru. <laughs> and they're like, I'm oh, sorry, sir, you, you need to be in a car to use the drive-thru. He's like, but the lobby is closed. I'm sorry, sir, I don't make the rules. I just take people's orders. And it's cool. now, now he's protesting. He's got signs. The drive-thru is unfair. Brad is laying down on the parking lot. Cal is walking back and forth with her picket sign. And here comes... Philly and and because this is my first time dealing with all these characters, this is kind of I, I'm as as Vince was talking about, and you probably hear it in the bonus content. But 
some time has passed between this issue and all yeah. cats go to hell yeah. because at this point all Calla thinks is that uh Philippe is cute. He's nice and cute. So they're not a couple. They're not a thing yet. Right. Um and if you notice too, the porch in All Cats Go to Hell, there's Christmas bric-a-brac on the porch. Because you finally took it out of the damn car. Because he took it out of the car. Yeah. So um so Cal is gonna go with Philippe to get tacos. And um actually no no no. He's gonna She's in the car so they can use the drive-thru to get burgers. Brad is going to go get tacos. Um, and Gala and, and Philippe are having a conversation while Brad and Noah are outside the entrance to Burger Castle. And as soon as the employee goes out for his other smoke break, Noah's going to run inside. And they hop over the wet floor sign with a little log of shit. <laughs> Right there in the puddle. I saw that panel in slow motion in my head. <laughs> like, just leaping over the turd. It's <laughs> all with, with, with a puff of smoke. And when 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 Noah gets in there, and he's like, I'll leave after you sell me a burger. Because the employees are like, dude, you're not supposed to be in here. <laughs> and then one of the guys behind the counter was like, that's him. That's the dude who shit on the floor pointing at Brad. And Noah's like, what the hell, dude? This whole mess is your fault. And Brad's like, there was a line. <laughs> And Noah's just flipping out. He's like, "You suck." And they just, that panel like, though, that's nasty, with isn't the, it? Oh, with the, 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 the you the suck coming out of what it? is yeah. happening oh, there? That, he's just he's convulsing. He's yeah. just he's livid. He's beside himself. He's possessed. And, and the same thing with again when when he grabs the money out of the cashier. He's like, "Sell me a burger, dude. To just do it, you cowards." And Brad is just getting all pissed off, and he flips the skateboard. He's like, "Yeah, you bitches, give up the burgers!" And he throws the skateboard into the fryer. Ah, mess. While. While Philippe is, is outside getting his food from the drive-thru window, now Noah's lunching out through the drive-thru window saying, hey, Phil, can I get that ride? We fucked up. We brought too much energy. <laughs> and Brad comes out behind him, hops on the roof of the car. They drive off. And, and it's just tacos. like, yeah. And they went and got tacos. And they're just, they're all super happy. And, and Cal is just, you know, smoking weed out of the candy cane. It was just, it's... It's nuts. It ends because it ends, but it was just, I mean, the whole, the journey to get there. It, it's fucking yeah. insane. I just. I, but the, the thing about it is, yeah, you could take it as surface level, right? But Noah's a more complex character than he wants you to think he is. Like, he's just like, oh, fuck it. I just found these things on the side of the road and blah, blah, blah. But he's got a soft spot, just like with the cats mm-hmm. in, the, in the first one. There's more emotion going on, but he, he tries to put on airs, like a, like a front, that, ah, yeah, I am concerned about that. But he really is. It, it's, it's, it, I love it. It's great stuff. I just, I, I, I love the lines. They're, yeah. I, I, I love the little one-liners. That there's, there's one of the back of the comics. Noah gets hit by a car after he and Garth go out getting for French fries. And, and, and he gets hit by the car and he's like, what the frick? And Garth grabs the fries, and he's telling Garth, "Don't don't call the cops. Tell everyone I died. Cool." And and Garth is just <laughs> sitting in a tree eating French fries. It's just it's just the silly yeah. shit. I love it. I yeah. love it. And remember, it'll be at your comic shops next Wednesday. So if you don't see it, maybe ask for it. Maybe it's behind the counter or something, or um, you know, in a, in a spot that you're not accustomed to looking. But everything sucks in a in a couple of formats. From Silver Sprocket and Michael Sweater, well worth your time. It'll make a damn day. 
Michael Sweater combines 90s animation, nostalgia, sitcom antics, and a seasoning of stoner comedy in this hilarious series. Yep. I know Jason, where he'll be next Wednesday. Oh, I've just placed my (laughs) pre-order. I done did it. Listen, I love that you guys are sitting here cracking up talking about it, so clearly it's so good. Hit you in the right way. Yep. Yep, yep. Nice. All right. Uh, anything to uh, to talk about before we bring it on home, Jason? Uh, I mean, I always have other stuff to talk about, but if you want me to save it for my travels, that's fine too. Okay, we shall do that because we got a big deal next episode. Oof, we do. Huge deal. Br- bring a sandwich and some popcorn or some chips and oh, stuff. It's a long way. It's it going to go long. on. Yeah, it's going to yeah. go on. So, uh, once again, we would like to thank. Our beautimous patrons for making this possible. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Take a look around. Audio, video, downloads, polls. Um, you can weigh in on the book of the month. Uh, did we tell them what the book of the month's going to be? Oh, we no. We did not. You, you want to do that, Dapper? You want me to? Sure. Um, I know that we did say that um, we were going to have the Google form up for this month, but with the the uh, the Ecloskers and everything, things got a little crazy. Uh, but then Jason had the wonderful idea the other day that... Um, yeah, wonderful. Well, well, it... <laughs> he had a wonderful idea uh, because he's... he's And I quote Jones in yes. to read uh, this particular character, this series. Um, and we decided that uh, we're going to take one of the old and one of the volumes from the later uh, later years after it, it had begun. We're going to talk Tintin. Mm-hmm. We are uh, we're going to start with the... It's going to be a twofer. We're going to do the first volume, and we're going to do volume 18, because Jason loves math. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so, so because volume 18 is the calculus affair, right? Yeah, so so volume volume one is uh, in the land of the Soviets, and volume eighteen is the calculus affair. That's correct. So yeah. we have, uh, and 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 there are also a couple where they you know it involves space, which maybe we'll get to at a later date. But yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to because we've never we've never really discussed Tintin in any any sort of anything any heavy conversation. Well, that, that that was the impetus is that. Um, I just was thinking about um, all of the the creators we've discussed over the years. We've covered most of them. I mean, we've we've had Will Eisner focused episodes. We've you know we've we've obviously had Tezuka. We, we've 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 hit on a lot of what I would say are the Hall of Famers, the seminal creative voices behind comics from all across the world. But I was just thinking, like, well, who haven't we really ever discussed in any meaningful way? And I think. For me, like atop the list is Airj. I mean, he's be- and and part of that is because, and we'll get into it when we have the book of the month. Is that is that he's he's seminal from from for European comics, and so we didn't grow up with the same adulation or nostalgia for his work. But like, I even know from the like the comic art scene and stuff. I mean, Airj's work is seven figure work when it comes up for auction. It's it's it is you know he is held in as high a regard for his historical importance as just about any other cartoonist ever. And we've, I don't think we've ever had more than a 
passing mention of him on the show in a decade yeah. and a half. So I, I just figured now's the time. I think it's ironic and fills me with great joy that we talked more about Knit Knit than we did Tintin. Yeah, yeah, we did. Because we yeah. went over all three of Charles Burns' yep. um, X'd or crossed out books, which yep. feature a character that's an analog, an inverse analog of Tintin named Knit Knit. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's it, that's so fitting for this thing that we built <laughs> that we should talk about Knit Knit before Tintin. <laughs> right. There you go. I can't wait. So, yeah, there you go. Volume, what did you say, 18? One, one and 18. And 18. Oh, nice. We're doing volume one. That should be yeah. rousing. Uh, yeah. rousing so, so so we're looking at the book of the month. Uh, we're looking at 11 o'clockers for next week. And the 25th, the following week, will be our book of the month. Yay! Right, and we need to squeeze some bonus episodes too of yes. other stuff. To we can do it. We got oh, it. Oh yeah, I'm just saying we mm-hmm. we don't know what we're going to talk about on those yet, um, but yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, weigh in on the book of the month and jump in head first into the dedicated Slack channel, twenty four seven. Yo, Patreon.com, eleven o'clock comics. Check it out in your travels. I bought this today, so. Um, I got to be honest, I didn't read it yet. But uh, I think in terms of trying to win over a, a readership, this is the way to do it. Uh, the book was written by Kelly Thompson. So I'm bookending it. We, oh. mentioned, we mentioned it at the, the head, and now we're mentioning her at the tail. Uh, she, Kelly Thompson wrote it. Meredith McLaren did the yeah. art and the colors. It's called Black Cloak. Yep, one. I started flipping through it today. Yeah, and I'm yep. I'm thinking, okay, you got a first issue, uh, you want to sink those hooks into uh, nice and deep into the, uh, a readership. How do you do it? Well, you release a triple sized issue for four yeah. ninety nine. That's super smart to me. Um, it's fantasy. It's sci fi. There's a, a a slight saga edge to it as far as the visuals go, which is not a bad thing, but it, it's a more um, distilled, uh, more cartoony uh, version of, say, Saga. But I can't wait to read it. It's a nice chunk. I'm hoping they win me over. Kelly usually does. And uh, the art is is really uh, kind of wonderful on the art. I, I don't want to get too far into it because, like I said, I haven't... Uh, read it but it's there's a nice mix of uh, thick foreground line and uh, very ornate very uh, measured um, background uh, embellishment so i'm i'm digging the art and i hope uh, kelly takes me somewhere with the story i think my cover's done by tula lote looks mm-hmm. like it looks like a tula i mean there's no there's no title on it it's just an image of of women uh it looks like mermaids um, topless, beautiful mermaids uh, peeking out of the, the surf. So, Black Cloak, number one, four ninety nine. Image Comics. Get it because you're probably going to hear about it. Yeah, I'm probably going to finish it uh, before oh, you, I turn in tonight. You bought it too? No, I was reading the um, the oh, image uh, preview, gotcha. but I did I, I did have it in my hand at the uh, at the shop. I was. Um, because I did only have two books to pick up tonight, so I was hemming and hawing on it. If after I read the, um, after I read this preview, if if it uh, if it sticks, I'll um, 
I'll tell him to pull it. Put it in my file. Yeah. I think it'll stick. It looks like it will. I, I probably should have just went with my gut, knowing it was Kelly and, and knowing the stuff. Because I remember in, when I was flipping through the previews, I was like, this looks pretty cool. And and I, I don't know. I didn't forget the name of the book, but I was just like, when I saw it today, I was like, this sounds so familiar. And then I and then I went back through the emails and, and I grabbed the PDF and I was like, this was the damn thing I saw in previews that I was going to order. So and It's fantasy and sci-fi. So, like, you can't lose. You can't. I, I even dig the, uh, the, the early on one of the first pa- the first panel is like the, the the an image of of this the city of of Kiros and I just I, I I love the whole I love that page it just I I, I want to know more about this city and yes and we will um, eight year travels I read the first four issues of um, yet another Tom King. Um, series gotham city year one nice uh, um and i i devoured the first four issues i i couldn't st- it, it's it's one of my it, it it may um depending on how it ends and if it ends how it started um it, it there's a it, it, there's a good good chance it might end up somewhere on my class in for 2023 next january but it's um it's it it the year is 1961 um it's uh the focus the narrator of the story our hero is uh samuel slam bradley who's a private investigator and a former cop uh he is um a a woman named sue shows up at his office and has hands him an envelope that he is to deliver to richard wayne um and he normally doesn't see himself as an errand boy but you know he had time to kill and he heads to wayne manor to deliver this letter um while this is going on there are headlines because uh, the princess of gotham is missing um helen wayne the daughter of uh richard bruce wayne and constance wayne hasn't been seen really since she's come home from the hospital and and it's it's been over a month nobody's seen her there's rumors that she deformed and so they just don't know where she is turns out she's been kidnapped and uh because sam had the letter um the waynes and their security uh believe that slam is involved and uh there's just the way the way Tom writes this kind of um, private investigator noirish type uh, story. I'm I'm digging it. it. It's a little different than than what I'm used to from him. And and, and Hester, the artist by uh, Phil Hester and uh, Eric Gapster, colors by Jordi Belair. Um, it's it's neat, a little weird, but neat seeing Jordi uh, color someone is so um, so. Um, not not rigid or static but normally you know, I, I like phil style a lot and he's he's just very um he can be heavy with the blacks in the right spots and his it, it there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of uh chris somni like action on his on, on on his pages they you know his characters could throw a punch and it looks like they hurt when they land but you know there's not a lot of spider-man swinging through the city um 
but it was neat to see Jordy kind of approach Phil's work uh, almost with some flat colors. There's there, there are some there's some gradients and 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 when and, and you can tell when people blush and and I really like the effect her colors have with um with Phil's line. But getting back to the story, um, Slam has to get to the bottom of this kidnapping and uh, you get to the end of the second issue and things just fly off the rails. It, it's uh, things do not go according to play to Richard Wayne is like a nut and he uh, he's um, he may not be who he seems to be. Sue is kind of sort of uh, reminiscent of a, of, of, of a cat woman because when She's uh, she's quite acrobatic when it, there's a scene when money gets exchanged, a bag gets handed over, um, and an escape is made, and she is shown um, bounding around some rooftops. So it was, it's Gotham, uh, and the person that Slim is telling this story to is Bruce, and I believe he's telling it to him as he's calling him Bruce, but he is um, he's actually dressed as um as batman as these um as slam is telling the story and slam is like 91 94 at this point when he's telling the story so uh we'll see as the story continues if maybe his memory gets faulty but i thought the uh the first few issues were just fantastic i just i'm plowing through it It, it's it's i'm i kind of know who all the players are Obviously, we still have a bunch of issues to go, so we'll see where things go. I'm assuming, I'm assuming it's twelve issues, like the rest of his stories. But um, you know, it's 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 of an era where you know there are some people in Gotham um, look down on other people of Gotham, and and it's it's uh, it, it's after the Korean War, and and people are trying to rebuild, and it's we're, we're getting a different side of Gotham than we normally see, um, but. You know, Slam trying to get to the bottom of things. It's it's probably going to get worse for him before it gets better. But it's um, I really didn't know what to expect. You put your one in a title, and and you know you, you get some good or or some bad. But this is um, this is extremely entertaining. I think I, I haven't read the second issue of Danger Street yet, but um, I'm enjoying this. I think more than I'm enjoying Danger Street, and I I know that. Tom can have some fun with with characters. I mean, we 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 know what he's doing with the Bwahaha Justice League characters in in the Human Target book, which isn't exactly what Giffen Mateus were doing with the characters. But uh, that's for this story. That's what he's doing. Same thing with what he did with 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 um, the Adam Strange story and and how. Adam wasn't exactly the same character that uh, that I read from those Silver Age stories. So he likes to needle around and 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 manipulate some of the characters that you may be familiar with. That, um, this might not necessarily be canon, but I'm definitely enjoying it. So in your travels, check out Gotham City Year One. Yeah, I co-sign a lot a lot with what you're saying. I I, I think it's interesting too that it's a six issue series, right? Oh, it is. Like, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, cause like Tom is, you know, so it's almost like his patented trademark now is these 12 issue series. Yes, so, uh, yeah. 
but uh, but yeah, it's nice seeing Phil doing a book. You know, like yep. Phil. Phil's had a good run. He, he did the the book with Lemire last year, early earlier, early late the year before, and now he's doing this with Tom. So he's on a bit of a heater. Um, so in your travels, um, I had the great pleasure of reading a Bond Um uh, It was published in 2021 in French and very quickly ported over here last year. Um, called Days of Sand, written and drawn by Amy DeJong. Um, it's a new publisher for me. Uh, publisher is a Self-Made Hero. So um, not sure what their deal is. I just, uh, you know, this, this is the first book I've picked up of theirs. But uh, but but off to a great start. Beautiful uh, hardcover. Um, and the story is... It is a fictional story, but it very it very much reads like it's a historical account. Uh, it takes place in uh, 1937, amidst the Great Depression, and a young photojournalist, um, I think he's 21, 22 years old, John Clark, in New York. Uh, things are bad everywhere, including New York. He gets a job with the federal government for the Farm Security Administration. Um, and you might be asking, well, what does the federal government want with a photojournalist? Well, back then, because we didn't have computers or the Internet or anything like that, um, when they were trying to do research on public aid and government spending, they would send uh, historians, journalists, photographers out to document the situation and bring effectively proof back for lobbying efforts. And so the Federal Farm Security Administration hires John Clark to go to the Dust Bowl uh, and gives him a list of things they want him to photograph. And um, and he heads off. And this is really a story of actualization for young young Clark. He, he, he goes there fully on the, well, this is going to be important for my career, and I'm so glad I have a job, and I'm just going to do the job and take these pictures. But... As you can imagine, because he has a heart, once he gets there and he sees the level of poverty and the hardship and the sand and the storms and the the disease and, and the seemingly no way for people to get out or, or, or save themselves economically, he gets fully drawn in and he ends up befriending a lot of the people there and, uh, and, and doing acts of kindness for them and building relationships and uh, it, it's quite a touching story, and like I said, if, if you read this without the context of 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 it being fiction or nonfiction, you you might you might have thought it was a effectively a biographical account of of someone back then that was a journalist. But but uh, it is made up. But from what I understand, it was drawn from a lot of uh, accounts of what it was like at the time, and is very plausible. And one of the nice things I think that Dijon does is with each chapter break, um, she included an actual photo. Uh, from that era, Dust Bowl. Uh, so it, it's it's just a well put together story with great heart and uh, and just a, a a window into a period of our country's history that I don't know a ton about. I mean, honestly, when I think of that era and the Dust Bowl, I think for most of us, our window into that begins and ends with of mice and men, right? I mean, so. Which most people have to read in high school at some point. Um, grapes of wrath. I mean, gra- not of my grape. That, that's actually, I mean, grapes gotcha. of wrath. Thank you. Yeah, grapes of wrath. 
Um, but beyond Grapes of Wrath, uh, you know, it's kind of, at least for all of us, like where we leave it. And so I appreciated getting this added perspective and the humanizing of it. And uh, yeah, I thought it was great. So it's, like I said, published by Self-Made Hero, which is new to me. And it is called Days of Sand. Looks really good. Yeah, I didn't speak to the art very much. I mean, the art's pretty straightforward. Like, I don't know that the visuals blew me away. I don't know that they're... Uh, part of that, though, is just the nature of the subject matter, right? I mean, yeah. it, is, it is... Yeah, it's people doing bleak... Living a very bleak life in a very bleak setting that that, that naturally is... is is muted colors it's dirt and sand and uh, so it there's just not a it's not a very wide-ranging color palette um i think the art is highly effective for the story but i don't think it's one of those books where you treat it like a full art book and you open it up and just behold the imagery that that's not what this is about this is very much a book about the characters and the 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 story i think yeah it's really nice there you go good on you Jeez, I wonder where I got the idea to read that book from. Probably from a list, but that's okay. You do you. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, thank you for being here with us one more time around. We hope you will return next week. We have a lot planned for this month. January's big, 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 big. Uh, O'Kloskers, Book of the Month, a lot of stuff. Just come back. Uh, in the meantime, go to your local comic shop, buy some stuff, spread it around. Uh, love who you love and come back next week because David is waiting for you to say good night. I don't know. I like doing the phone thing. It, 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 I'm just, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm torn. David. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like Pavarotti stepping up to the mic. <clears throat> me, 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 me. I just took a swig. Like a tenor over here. Good night. Who knows who Pavarotti is at this point? Isn't that sad? Yeah, no, that's true. Who is Pavarotti? Oh my God, you know oh, who Pavarotti relax. is. Relax. I know. <laughs> relax. Yes. Um, my father. For the majority of his existence, at least as 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 long as I knew him, was a truck driver. Uh-huh. After a long day uh, at work, he would come home. If he wasn't bowling, he would fire up the turntable and put Pavarotti on. That's how he relaxed. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yep. yep. Wow. Do you listen to opera? No. No. I can't abide. No. Okay. No, it's just Even it's, it's, it's your pops because you got the you know you got you got the love for your pops. So I do, you know. I do, but it's a bit like Broadway. Like, why are you singing this when you could speak Interesting. it? Interesting, okay. you know, it doesn't wow. make sense. So there you go. Hey, everybody, come back here. We love you so much. In fact, these two rooms are going to tell you right now how much they love you. Tell them more than words. <laughs> oh, the the pipe laid to that song, <laughs> right? Yep. Never a whole lot of love for Extreme, but they, uh, yeah, they were the juice. Yeah. That's it for that one.